midway through developing Sorcery 4, which is the final instalment of the Sorcery franchise. Which oh, it's is... pretty exciting, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's been a it's been a long development process oh, for us. Yeah. This is the longest I've worked on a game ever. I mean, if you think of the Sorcery series as one game, effectively, then it's kind of the longest we spent yeah, well, it, doing I mean, anything. In terms of, from my job as writing it, it's the longest thing I've ever written. Yeah. How many <laughs> How many million words will uh, it be by the end? I think it's just about going to clock 1.2 million. Wow. I think, uh, roughly. And I wonder whether we can put that in terms of uh, a stack of books. <laughs> well, What's so its equivalent to? 80 Days was, what, it's was 650,000 which was yeah, which the Lord was of the Rings plus and the Silmarillion and the Silmarillion combined so it's like that twice right yeah so Brilliant. two oh Lord of the Ringses <laughs> and two Silmarillionses and that's the length of the Sorcery series it's right. nearly as boring as a Silmarillion <laughs> I've never attempted it don't even go there um, so can you guys tell us a little bit about Sorcery 4? So, uh, Sorcery 4 is the epic, final, absolutely, definitely last part conclusion <laughs> of the, the Sorcery adventure. You've um, been sent on the mission to rescue the Crown of Kings from the Archmage in the Fortress of Manpang. This is what you've been doing for three games now, and you finally get within sight of Manpang. The game starts just on the fringes of Manpang, which is a heavily guarded fortress full of old, rotting magic and guarded by ultra-loyal militant guards and crazy deranged cloned bird people. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to break in, essentially. It's kind of like a vault game, in a way. The Crown of Kings is stored in the innermost safe. The map is designed like a series of concentric rings, and every single one is a barrier. And you just are pushing through these barriers one Mm. by one by one by one. So Steve Jackson sort of um, was inspired, obviously, by Lord of the Rings. And so this is like our Mount Doom. This is... You've, you've kind of trekked through Mordor, which was sort of like the backlands. I don't know how many of these comparisons we're allowed to make. Keep going. <laughs> uh, and then you're approaching Mount Doom, and this is kind of the final approach. Yeah, and yeah. The, the book itself is a really... I mean, it was my favourite game book when I was a kid, when, yeah. I was, when I was eight or nine. I spent six weeks cracking it. It is the mm. hardest game book in the entire world. It is so mean. <laughs> it's just full... It's packed full of ridiculously... Mm clever tricks most of which are very paper-based so it's been really interesting kind of trying to take that as an inspiration and say well you know if steve 30 years ago steve was doing what we were doing now Mm. what kind of what kind of things would he pull on the player Mm. and how can we how can we have fun with that and um yeah it's been it's been really exciting sort of putting it together and seeing it does sound like it's going to be the meanest sorcery game yet. Yeah, so. well, I think one, one of the things that was really struck me really early on in development is because it's the last part, we can afford to be brutally hard. So do you want to spoil the, the, the one thing that really makes it so mean on players that have grown up with sorcery? Yeah, so I think this is this is the most important thing. It's, it's not too much of a spoiler. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it mild. Yeah, we'll right keep now. it mild. But um, one of the things that sorcery players of, of our apps have come to rely on, one thing that gamebook players always relied on, is the ability to rewind any decision. So, in the spirit of all good games, we're taking that away. We're going to take it away hard, we're going to take it away proper, we're, we're going to mess around with it, and we've got some ways to replace it. Yeah, it's not going to be super frustrating, we're, yeah, we've, got, we're we've got a trick up our We're our not sleeves. going to make a game that you have to restart from the beginning, if, yeah, you, if you go right. wrong, but... Uh, I think we can definitely create an environment in which it feels more dangerous, quite a lot more dangerous, and the mm. risky things you do are going to be seriously risky. And but the flip side of it, and this is really hard to explain why without a spoiler, <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it hanging. But you can cause some pretty, pretty crazy outcomes, which 
which are actually narratively sticky. Like in the uh, past, yeah. we've had like crazy dead endings where you go off and become a pirate captain, but it's definitely a dead end. Mm. The game has no rewind, but it also has no dead ends. Mm. Um, and yeah, everything this is going to be interesting, up. and it's going to be really fun seeing. Well, how many bugs it causes for a start, <laughs> but it's quite an interesting structure. Yeah. In terms of technical features, we're also doing something new as well. Uh, we always like to add a little technical feature to all of our sorcery games because we don't like to sit still for too long. So for sorcery two, for example, we added the sub maps so that you got to get this kind of detailed plan view of the individual rooms that you can go into, like. Uh, when you explore a building and then Sorcery 3 had these two different map layers that um, kind of shifted uh, between the two different time um, time zones in a kind of really fluid, cloud, cloudy, um, fuzzy way. Um, and then for Sorcery 4 we're going to, and this, isn't, this hasn't been done yet so we're not going to guarantee it, but we're thinking of going a bit more 3D so we're going to have some more kind of um, 3D uh, models um, because Mampang is a fortress, and so it really ought to be quite vertical. Um, and so we really want to emphasize uh, the effect of this citadel, which is rising up up out of the rock, and um, really get, get get this sense that it's this really tall structure. Um, so we're going to see what we can do with that. And one of the really interesting things about that, I think, is is keeping that within the hand drawn art style. Yeah, so right. It, you know, right. It will be three D, but it will also be all hand drawn. Mm. kind of painted so we've had this we've, we've talked about it in terms of um if the if the main map is like this 2d um piece of fantasy cartography then the the 3d parts will feel almost like cardboard models that have been kind of painted and drawn um uh, really intricately so God, we'll i used see. to make those cardboard models of castles and things yeah, i love that when I was a kid as well it's really exciting. i can still smell the you yeah exactly fingers. when you get it all over your fingers <laughs> and you go downstairs you've got your fingers stuck to your forehead <laughs> <laughs> that's game development guys fortunately we're not going to be scanning those in for the game though no 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 <laughs> so are we thinking of bringing back some of the uh, the characters that we introduced so in the first three It's games. a really interesting one, that, because, like, the, I mean, the original game book has quite a few characters who come back, and sort of people who know the original series will, I think, quite enjoy the way we played with some of those ideas. But, but just in general, for a finale, you want to bring back as much as possible, but you also don't want to make your universe seem tiny. Like, you can't have everyone that you've met on your adventure turning up in Manpang when you've just struggled through this incredibly difficult adventure to get here, and everyone's like, oh, we're here too, we, we got the bus, how did you get here? <laughs> like, and you do get that, there is a little bit of that, mm. that, like, um, you know, one spoiler I'm willing to give away is those of you who, who are friends with Flanker the Assassin, obviously Flanker mm. turns up in book four, like everybody knows. I'm really excited about that, that actually. I'm, think, I'm thinking but, myself of doing a full uh, new playthrough of all the games so I can get the full kind of coherent binging experience. of it, yeah, yeah exactly. But like... I, there's my one worry is that people will get to the end and be like, well, shouldn't they have sent Flanker to get the Crown of Kings? Because he's badass. He's <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even do any mucking around with servants. Just not completely gets that. Um, but that's been really, yeah, that's been really fun. But I think one thing that's quite nice is playing with that stuff as well, because it's it is quite a magical world. It is quite a weird world. So we don't have to bring everyone back straightforwardly. And I don't necessarily want to go any, into any more detail on that either, because mm. there's some spoilers at the bottom of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot um, of exciting things going on. Oh, hey, I've got a, discussing it. I've got a story question for you, John. Oh, yeah. Actually, so that, so there's a point in Sorcery Three where I think is it is it a gold crest eagle swoops over and drops you a message from oh, yeah, Anilan. Right at the beginning, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So this is kind of similar to Lord of the Rings, right? In that, why doesn't that golden oh, yeah, eagle yeah, just yeah. carry you all the way to Mampang? Yeah, no, I, now that is a good question. Um, and I can't... I, I, <laughs> Go on, John. No, you, can, you can do it. No, what, what, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get to is that, that point is it's not necessarily answered in Sorcery 4, but it is addressed. Okay. But it's more addressed in the sense of making it worse rather than better. Okay. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. But definitely the, the Goldcrest Eagles and their ability to fly quite happily into Manpang because they are invisible. Right. <laughs> not just eagles, they're invisible eagles. Is, that is definitely a feature in Sorcery 4. You may or may not okay. come across it. I think you have to do something quite outlandish to, to find it. But, okay. but it is there somewhere. But cool. yeah. No, I thought you were going to ask whether it matters whether you bow to the eagle or not. Because oh, I yeah, used no, to say yeah. in Sorcery 3, you can bow and yeah. you always did. And you I didn't always know why. did. Exactly. <laughs> well, they're like hippogriffs or something. Otherwise they bite you. Oh, right. Harry Potter, come on. Sorry. Busted. So one of the other things that we were thinking about for Sorcery 4, which we haven't done, which I think is quite interesting, is we we wanted to make Mampang feel like a really powerful place and to give the player a real sense of being powerful. You know, it's it's the end of a long game. And so Mm. we toyed with the idea of allowing you to cast Uh, any spell Mm. whenever there was a spell casting point. And we were thinking, you know, that would be an interesting technical feature because it's obviously quite difficult to do, but it's definitely mm. doable. Mm. But in the end, we decided not to do it. And I still sometimes look at that, and I'm not sure whether that was exactly the right call. Like, we, we've done it now. It, it's it's a decision that's made. I still mm. firmly believe that if you can cast all the spells, then the spells become less interesting. Mm. Like, if you just, every time you meet a monster, you zap them because you know what it does. Yeah, although, I mean, all of these spells often have trade-offs. Maybe zap's not the best example, because... Th- a zap takes away three stamina points, and there's maybe some more kind of right mud, mud the whirlpool spell. Like, right, because you can just if you could just whirlpool everybody. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like it. People will get entrenched into like particular spells and not have, not be forced to think a bit. And that creatively. kind of happens in other games, doesn't it? Yeah. That you end up finding the combination that really like always works for you. Um, and well, yeah, unless... I've been playing The Witcher, and like, right. there's a button for fireball, and there's a right. button for like force push. Never use the force push. Always on the fireball. Yeah, and at that point, I don't know how you get around that. It's, it's a difficult um, design problem, actually. I, I remember in the old Prince of Persia: Sons of Time game, there were various ways you could attack enemies bouncing off the environment, and so there mm. were. I think by the end of the game, you've, there are two enemy types, and there's the one that you have to jump over and stab from behind, mm. and the one that you can stab from right. the front, and that's it. And you just have to learn that. that yeah. The guy with the shield, if you try and attack him from anywhere in the so front, it's all it about constraints, work. basically, like different different spells, different abilities. Uh, have different effects that will work in some situations and not others. I guess that mm. probably that kind of like the Prince of Persia example is that they end up being really trivial though. Like once you've learnt it, it's quite a simple rule, and then if you introduce another one, you have to teach it again. Yeah. Unless you just want to make your game super hard, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I guess my strategy for sorcery was always just to bite them and beat them because I got the sword, the really cool sword you get in sorcery too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I spent yeah. like an hour in the gambling yeah. halls saving up the pennies. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting because some people go through the sorcery series without casting very many spells, but and I can kind of understand why they might do that. But on the other hand, the spells are where the most interesting things happen. There's where the all the, the Easter eggs are, yeah, are hidden exactly. inside spells. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I can't. I. I... I find that really difficult when people say that they don't, yeah. they're not interested in the spell. Oh, like when people say that they don't do the spells because they have to go to the spell book to look at what they do. And like, like <laughs> you load up the spell cloud and if you type in random letters, it'll tell you what the spell does. Yeah. Like it, it, 
everything there is just to say, look, just try something and have fun. Yeah, yeah. But there's always some people, it's very hard to convince them to just have fun, just tell them <laughs> it's going to be fine. Oh, but, different um, people play in different ways. I guess they do, I guess they um, do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my wife doesn't like just typing in the spell name. She wants to know what she's typing in ahead of time. Right. Uh, I don't personally understand that, but I know that a lot of people do yeah, play like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think yeah. you learn them though. I yeah. Definitely. Like I think I've memorised about twenty or thirty of the spells. Which now. is, and that's really satisfying, right? Yeah. And it you is. kind of you notice um, a set of letters in the cloud, and you go, oh, "I know mm. exactly what I'm about to cast now." Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's interesting. And this is more a, a, am I right? I'm thinking this is more of a spell-focused sorcery game. It's going to be harder to get by on your yeah. sword. So. I haven't really got an overview of it yet because we've been working. Me and I've been working with a co-writer on this game, uh, a chap called Graham Robinson, who's been doing a lot of the kind of um, the lot of scene by scene work, and I've kind of been more bringing it together, which has been really great. And but partly because of that, I haven't quite got an overview exactly of how it all plays yet. It's still kind of made up of lots of bits, which I haven't quite got in my head. So I think there isn't as much fighting in here as in previous games. But I always think that, and I suspect it will prove to be not true. <laughs> um, but there's definitely a lot more spell casting. There's whole areas of Manpang which are just purely about the spells, like and about learning them and understanding them and using them and how they fit together. And we've introduced a few more mechanics. Some of them were, were in Sorcery 3, but they're really brought to the fore in this one. Brought to the fore. Um, <laughs> so, like, I can see that people who are interested in the magic, they, they should be able to get quite a lot out of it. Like, partly, like, partly lore, but partly how the way that that actually feeds into how you complete the game. But there are ways to do it if you're not interested in spells at all. There are other backdoors and alleys mm. and secrets and things. Mm. And I think that's something that's going to come out of playing it a little bit more and, and starting to get a feel for it is like how many different avenues of approach there are. Because mm. it's important. I think especially after three, it's really important to leave lots of ways for people to get through the game, but without mm. making it too easy. So are there going to be lots of different endings? So there... I, I, yeah, sort of. It depends what you mean by an ending. In the sense, I guess, in the sense that, well, not it's not like 80 Days, because 80 Days has basically sort of three endings, I suppose, but there's lots of different particular uh, sort of little stories that you get at the end of those like, yeah. little variations. Um, so there's, it's definitely got more than 80 days like that. Okay. So basically, if you get to the end of the game, you, you will recover the Crown of Kings. Spoilers, if you, if you reach the end of the game, you do get it. Mm. Um, and then, but then you kind of have quite a lot of flexibility in the way that you achieve that final Okay. sequence which has some ramifications on what happens next and exactly what happens mm. what happens just in this epilogue mm. sequence and those are extremely divergent cool based cool. on yeah. what you've done how you've done it what kind of character you are and i think one of the things that i'm quite keen on doing is diverging that a little bit more okay i really like the idea that someone will finish the game and go oh my god it was amazing when this happened and somebody mm. will go whoa what <laughs> that's nothing yeah, yeah, like yeah. and i think that's really appealing yeah um, absolutely because it feels like after all this time and all these choices and all this gameplay mm. actually it wouldn't kill us to write you know a good clutch of interesting solid endings all of which feel valuable and unique and distinct mm. because that's part of the magic i think mm. if we can pull that off so will you let players get away with either not killing the serpents or leaving the city to burn this time? Is, are you going to allow players to just do the easy thing? The easiest? Oh, right. So, like, no punishment at all if you... 
I don't think there is an easy thing in this mm. game. I think this is this is actually interesting because the previous games have always had that sense that you've got to let people get to the end because we quite want them to play the next part and get the full experience, even if they don't want to rinse the game for content. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this game isn't quite like that. Like you do want people to get to the end, but but it's not quite as imperative. So it's not quite as important to have a shortcut. Think, I mean, it, it's allowed to be a bit harder. Oh, yeah, by the time easier. you get to part four, it's you know, you want a little bit of a challenge. This is kind of like part four is like the boss battle, essentially. Yeah, um, but that, that, that makes it sound like it's going to be hard and frustrating as well, has that potential. And we, we're definitely trying to avoid that as well. Hmm. Like, I think one of the things about the secret mechanic that we're not going to mention <laughs> is that it does mean that you, whatever you do, you should, you should get closer and closer to the goal, however you play, which whatever you do. You should never get stuck. It'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see how it plays. It's such a different mm. structure mm. than the other ones, but it's just—it's such a nice opportunity to be able to do the ending of something that you can actually afford to, yeah, to sort yeah. of try a different shape. Absolutely. Well, it really sounds like we're bouncing up against spoiler territory here. Yeah. So maybe we should wrap up before we accidentally give anything too away. Really amazing twists. Right. So, do you guys have any thoughts on? Can we tell Alison's when the game is coming out? Can we give any hints? Oh, it's difficult to say the, it's the standard kind of when it's done right yeah uh, when it's done alright we're definitely <laughs> aiming for this year okay. yeah well the, we'll the, the first part of the content is pretty much written so mm. it just needs to be made brilliant um, the map the first part of the map is pretty much drawn mm-hmm. yeah oh the technical features are lagging slightly <laughs> in that we haven't started on actually building the app yet yeah but, but you yeah. know we get a lot of it for free so yeah. you know a lot of it is sorcery 3 with a number changed on the end <laughs> um, and of course we've got the theme tune we've got the new music oh, oh yeah, it's yeah properly brilliant and Lawrence has done a brilliant job yeah. as usual Lawrence actually that's Chapman. true every time I feel like a bit overwhelmed by the writing I just put that music on and it feels better again <laughs> hey keep doing that so, what platforms are we going to be releasing on? So, this is going to be the first part of Sorcery where we're aiming to do a full multi-platform release across iOS, Android, PC, and Mac yeah. all at once. Yeah. So, oh, wish wow. us luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be looking forward to weeks and weeks of price difference conversations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't avoid it. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode. We don't know what it's going to be about yet. Something cool. Mm-hmm.